Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Good morning, everyone. This weekend, Father Keith and I are speaking at all the masses about the document Fiducia Supplicans, which was published four weeks ago by the Vatican. And a number of questions have arisen. Um, Many of our Catholic members have been receiving uh, interpretations of this document from both secular sources and other Catholic sources. And there's been some confusion, some debate, even outside of the church among those who are listening to the dialogue going on. So we thought that it would, it's appropriate. Father Keith wanted to make sure that we could try to clarify what it is the document says, what it doesn't say, so that all of us here at St. Anne's have a good understanding of this document. It was issued by the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, which is the office of the Vatican that oversees doctrinal orthodoxy. That, that's their responsibility. They're in, that office, as all the offices are, is in service to the Holy Father. This document was not written by the Holy Father, but he does approve it. He gave his approval to it. So that makes it a magisterial teaching, one that we have to listen to, uh, pay, pay careful attention to, receive it respectfully in honor of the Holy Father, but at the same time, use good discernment to understand what it is and what it's saying and how we can properly proceed. It was written initially as a response to a question by some bishops regarding a document that came out three years ago, which said that absolute, from the same office, that absolutely same-sex unions cannot be blessed. And so some bishops were not satisfied with that. And so this is an attempt to address that and see if there's something that some other way to approach this. The first part of the document is very, very clear, and it talks about marriage being absolutely between one man and one woman in an indissoluble relationship, and that is double underlined. That can never change, and that is affirmed. And so that first part of the document clarifies that for anybody who thinks that the church may be changing her teaching on marriage. Cannot happen. The next part of the document talks about blessings. And that's where it gets a little complex. Now, blessings have always been a part of the church. That's Catholic practice. People come up to priests and to deacons. Father, can you bless my rosary? Father, can you bless me? Today, after Mass, today, this morning, we're going to be blessing a couple on the anniversary of their wedding. And so there are many circumstances. We bless people, women who are about to give birth. We bless people who are starting new jobs, uh, young kids that are going to college. We All sorts of circumstances. Our understanding of blessings, though, is that blessings and the graces of God that come through those blessings must be given to people who are in the proper frame of mind and state to receive them. So to receive a blessing, 
a person has to either be in the state of grace or they have to desire God's help to turn from sin and to enter a state of grace. That's the state in which a person can properly receive and fruitfully receive a blessing. Now, this, that's all good and well. There we are. But then the, the document continues by proposing a new kind of blessing. Not a liturgical blessing, which is how we understand, have understood blessings up to this time, but a pastoral blessing that in fact can be given to couples who are in a state of sin, either because they are in an irregular situation, which means they're, they're, they're living together or they're only married civilly, or same-sex couples, that some, there is a way, according to this doctrine, to bless those couples without blessing their union. And in fact, the document makes, again, emphasizes, we are no way attempting to legitimize their unions, but we want to impart a blessing to them that blesses all that is good and humanly valid in their relationship without blessing their union. I'll come back to that. There are some conditions that have been proposed in order to receive these blessings. So, for example, uh, the, the request for the blessing has to come from the couple. The priest can't offer a blessing. The blessing has to be done spontaneously. There can be no written formulas, no written prayers, much less taken from the rite of marriage or any other book of blessings. It has to be spontaneous. It cannot be inside a church. It certainly can't be inside in the in context of mass. The priest cannot have on his vestments. He can't have an alb and a stole. And he can do nothing that makes it look like a wedding. In other words, there can be no flowers. There can be no photographers. They, can, they can't be holding hands. There can be no way that, that it looks like uh, somehow others could think that this is blessing their union. What's novel about this blessing is that it does not call the couples to repentance and conversion. That's problematic because that should be part and parcel. The document does not call the couple to conversion uh, and turning from sin. And some confusion, some great confusion can ensue from that. There's also the difficulty that arises when we're being asked to really f straddle this very difficult balance between blessing what is good in their relationship without blessing the relationship itself. In some ways, that's, that's what has everyone scratching their heads. Let me give you an example. So, this guy, He's been married for 15, 20 years. He decides to leave his wife, and he takes up with Miss Beautiful. She has a couple of kids of her own. So they come to the priest, and they say, Father, we want a blessing. I'm going to be raising her kids. This woman was in a terrible situation before I took, I took her on. Please give us a blessing. How can I 
bless them for whatever good they're attempting to do without blessing this now sinful relationship. Another example. A notorious mafiosa comes up and says, Father, I'm, I know my life is out of order, but I'm supporting my parents, all of my brothers and sisters, my cousins. I'm sending all of their kids to school. I'm paying the tuition. And give me a blessing, Father, that I can continue to take care of my family. Hello? How can I bless a mafiosa for whatever good he's doing without blessing him for being a mafiosa? How do you distinguish that? How do you parse that out? That's the conundrum that this document has placed us priests in. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. I think all of us have to assume, and I, I, I'm confident that this is true, that our Holy Father, in approving of this document, has as his goal to bring back those who are on the margins, those who feel alienated from the church, those who, are, who experience that the church doesn't have a place for them. But I do think that it's problematic if we are not offering them the church's greatest medicine, which is reconciliation and turning from sin. That's the greatest remedy we have for all alienation, is conversion and reconciliation. And this document is ambiguous about, about that. It also poses some other challenges for us priests because I don't think the document has taken into account the enormous cultural pressure that the church is under facing the LGBT lobby and all of those forces that want us to change our teaching on marriage. In fact, there have been already some interpretations by those quarters that finally the church has given in even though all of the protestations and all of the qualifications in the document, many, there are many people who think we have finally begun to move in that direction, which that's not the intent. It's also caused a great deal of, of confusion in the church because there are priests who have gone way beyond what the conditions are that are laid out in the document. And for all the world, it looks like a blessing of a same-sex marriage. And then now there are bishops and dioceses and whole continents that have said, we're not going to use this doctrine. We're not going to pay attention. We're going to simply ignore it because of the confusion it caused. So unfortunately, the document has caused some serious division in our church. And we, again, we assume the Pope's best intentions, but it's a fact that there is confusion. And so we at St. Anne's, the pastor, myself, Father Beatrice, our desire is to bring clarity and to assure you that what we do here is in, in conformity with our obedience to, to the Holy Father, but also to the magisterium that has been handed down through the ages. So how are we going to implement it? This is an example. If a couple comes up to us, Let's say it's a man and a woman, married couple, and they ask for a blessing for their anniversary. Please, 
preface it by saying, by the way, Father, we were married in such and such a parish 30 years ago. Okay, you've just now clarified that for us. So let's say a same-sex couple. By the way, I've never in all my priesthood have a same-sex couple ask for a blessing from the church. I don't expect to have one. But let's say one does, comes up and asks for a blessing. The first question that we're going to ask, what is it you are asking for? If the response is, Father, we want you to bless our relationship. Our response will be, I am so sorry, we are not allowed to do that. The church cannot bless your relationship. If they say, we realize that what we're doing is really in contrary to God's will, we want to change. We need help. We need God's help to do this. Okay, now that's another story. Now, I will bless each of you individually, and if you want, I'll hear your confessions. Let's really carry this forward. If this is what you want, we're all in. That's what we do. That's what it means to be a shepherd. We want to help you to find your way back into the fold, if that's what you're asking for. So we will let, we will, we will follow these guidelines and pastor people according to what we are able and best able to do. It's a challenging time. No matter what anyone says, the document is not heretical. Perhaps you've heard that from some quarters, but it is not heretical. It's, it tries to th thread the needle in a very delicate way and maybe in a somewhat convoluted way, but it is not heretical. It doesn't ask us to do anything that violates church teaching. It's just trying to put what it says into practice that becomes very, very difficult. So that's, that's the conundrum that we're faced with. I want to honor all of you who are living out your marriages. You are a great and needed witness to the church and to the world. God bless you. And please pray for us priests that we can be charitable, pastoral, and prophetic as we shepherd all of you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.stanneaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.